Good morning, good morning. Good wow, morning. I'm so glad to see you guys. My name is Kat and this is my friend. Katie. Katie. Katie Ann is actually Pastor Ben's wife. So, yes, yes, please. Come on, keep it going. Woo! No. <laughs> you know why? Whenever Pastor Ben talks about how tired he is and he has these five children to raise, right here, y'all. <laughs> Right here. No, I'll do okay. this. And you guys. <laughs> I need my village. But we just want to welcome you. If this is your first time here or first time back, we're just going to go over a couple of things just to refresh your memory or just to update you on what is going on here at New Hope Church, okay? So if you're new, now we, it, this is what we call our sanctuary. Off the sanctuary, those wooden doors, we have our nursery, which is for babies. Uh, newborn to 24 months. And we're talking newborn. We have people bringing in their babies young, yeah. like three days old some, sometimes. But yeah, until 24 months. Yeah. And then that other door over there is our prayer room door. Prayer room. So please go there because we have our prayer warriors. And this is what they do. This is why they're here every Sunday and every Wednesday to pray over you. Like if you have something, a concern, or maybe something that you just want to lift up in prayer, have them pray over you. It's totally fine. They want to do this for you, okay? And through the glass doors, we have our... Fellowship Hall. Yay. Which we have, you know, the bathrooms, and then most importantly, our food. But we also have our resource center, okay. which has amazing stuff in there. Resource center. Bibles, Yes. And I forgot to remind you guys, they also have, for people like me who don't want to wear glasses because we're in denial, giant size letters, Bible. Yeah, the font is like, yes. well, maybe not that it's big. Not, and it's not, it's not this fat, you know, the Bible. I don't know how they do it. God does it. But it's giant size letters. So you don't need glasses. You can actually just read it. I love it. I love it. So, okay. Amongst that, they have this. These are great gift ideas. You know, coming up the holiday season, this is a deck of cards. It's Bible infographics for kids. So it's playing cards, regular playing cards. But on the other side, they have, like, pictures of, like, who is David? Who is King David? You know, and they have, like, it's really cute. So if you're looking for stocking stuffers or gifts, like, they have all these kind of things. Not just Bibles, but they have so much more at our resource center. So go check that out, Okay. Also, okay, speaking of the holidays coming up, we have our um, annual food fight that started. We don't throw food at you guys, or yeah. you throw food at yeah, us. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> we actually are raising food for our Kukua ministry that Katie Ann and Pastor Ben head up. So we um, collect, we're in the process of collecting our food and building up our pantry. So our life stage, which is our kids from kindergarten, pen, preschool. kindergarten preschool, all the way to fifth grade. Okay. And then we have sixth through twelfth grade. Sixth through twelfth grade. Okay. So the challenge is the younger kids against the middle school and high school kids. They're challenging each other. Now we've seen this before in the past. Yeah. So if you've ever seen my husband without eyebrows and hair, he looked like Thanos. That's because the youth had lost the challenge. Yeah. Or he oh, had no, um, they won the challenge. Sorry. Yeah. The youth had won the challenge, or he went blonde. He looked like Billy Idol. Yeah. Um, there's. It was really interesting. Other things. They're not doing anything that crazy this year, but there is some stakes. Oh, the winning, the winning group or class gets a pizza party. 
Yeah, so it's just really a cute way for them to learn how to give, you know, and yeah. for us to partner with them on doing that, to build up our Kukua Ministry Pantry. Yeah. Okay. And each piece is a point for them. So if oh, yeah. you bring in a pack of Simon, that's each one of those little packs in there is a point. Yeah, see, that's what I would do. I would so cheat like that because I'd be like, here's <laughs> Order a case. Vienna sausage. Oh, yeah, the case. Each yeah, it goes one of on those sale cans sometimes. is one point. Okay, okay, okay. So. I got it. I'm planning, I'm planning. And because we are a giving church, we're already in our Operation Christmas Child. Yes. That we uh, collect boxes with shoe box sizes, and we fill them up with wonderful gifts, and we ship them around the world to people who are in need. Yes, my kids love it. Like, we get a box for each one of us in our family, and we go to the store, and the kids get to pick out what they want to put in the boxes, and, like... Um, you cannot put nail polish or slime or anything like that because we can't ship those things. But what you can do is like crayons and pens and paper and socks. Like socks. They love getting socks because they don't have, they appreciate what they get. Yeah, they're not like our kids. <laughs> <laughs> our kids. Socks. What I did wrong. Yeah. Socks is equivalent to coal to our kids. But, yeah, but they're really thankful. And they have a list. Like, if you go online, you can even build your box online. Because if you're like me and you don't like to shop, I go online and I just do it that way. And you can pick, like, what age group you want to help out. And then you can click on the items that you want to put in your box. So it's so easy that way. So that's, that's what yeah. we're doing. And if you had already picked up boxes and you have them ready, they're ready to accept them in the children's ministry side. So you I can think, just come and bring them back. I think they got like 42 boxes in Sweet. returned already. I think that's what the count was. That's awesome. And morning. that's just from this morning. So, I, yeah, I'm thinking that that's people just, you guys are just so on it. I just yes. love it. Okay. And so that's another thing that's happening. And then we have our um, Wednesday night series that we also want to talk about. Oh, yeah. So for those of us who didn't get to go to convention, which is most of us, we are bringing the convention to you. And we've been doing this series for the past couple of weeks and the amazing things that we're learning from these speakers and Wednesday nights are totally different when we do this. So yeah. we're like... We just add a little extra something, something, <laughs> you know, a little bit more flair because we want to make sure that you have that convention experience, you know, so worship team, we kind of just go off and stuff, but yeah. we have fun. We have fun. <laughs> But that's what's um, happening on our Wednesday nights for the next several Wednesdays because it leads into November, which is our um, annual vision night that's coming up. So that is going to be on November 16th. Okay, it's a Wednesday night service. But every year we do a vision night because we recap what happened this past year, how we did as a church. And then the pastor, Pastor Sheldon, will probably, um, he's going to cast vision for the next upcoming year and what to expect. Things like that, just to know what we can be praying for and we call it vision week because it starts on the 16th but that sunday the 20th is our last water baptism for the year for 2022 so if you or you know someone who um they haven't been baptized yet or maybe it was a long time ago and they're like i'm not even sure if i i'm pretty sure i got baptized as a child but they want to renew you know their their faith in jesus or they just received jesus as their lord and savior this is the next step so mark it on your calendars that the 20th, November 20th, is our last water baptism at Coconut Island for the year 2022. And then that Wednesday, we're going to celebrate all the baptisms and, and everything and be thankful because we have our worship night on Wednesday, the 23rd at 6.30 p.m. It's the night before Thanksgiving. 
So yeah, like thaw out your stuff. Come to church. It's not going to do anything anyway, so might as well just leave it at home. Yep. Come here. We get to sing our praises to our Lord, be thankful, and then go into the, the whole holiday season like that. Yes. So that's stuff that's going on. Now, today, we have communion. Pastor Jonathan's going to be speaking, and we're going to be receiving communion. That's why you have the elements. If you don't have your element, um, later on, you can raise your hand, and one of the ushers will bring you one. And also, if you're participating from home, get your juice and your bread or your crackers ready because we want you to be a part of it. Just because you're not here in person, it doesn't mean anything. You are a part of our church. You're part of our family. So we want you to participate. Okay? Is that everything? So if you have any more questions, you can come see either of us or any one of the staff. Or you can go to our information center. They're more than willing to answer questions, and they're ready for you. Yes, yes. Thank you, Katie Ann. Thank you for joining us up here. Thank you, Katie. And thank you for matching me. We do silly things like that sometimes. But at this time, we were going to uh, pray over our tithes and our offering. So I just want us to do one thing. You know, we're talking about Thanksgiving coming up and all that. And usually we, we at our household, we go around the table and we say, okay, hey, what are you thankful for? What are you thankful for? How about we do that right now? Why wait? Let's just, let's just do that right now. Like think about even just one thing that you're thankful for. Just one thing that you feel the Lord has blessed you with. You know, it could be as simple as a victory. Something wonderful happened in your family. Maybe it's something at work that was a, yay, thank you, thank you, Lord. Maybe it was a healing Maybe you prayed for somebody and, and now they're coming to church. Maybe this is your first time back and you're like, oh, this, I forgot how wonderful it is to be at church. Maybe it's something small. Like I always think of, like I thank the Lord sometimes, don't laugh. Okay, you can laugh. I, I thank the Lord sometimes for coffee. You know, in the morning, that first sip, because I'm so thankful. Thank you for inventing coffee, Lord. Or thank you for that parking stall that's close by when it's raining. Because I want the Lord to know I want him to know that he is in my every thought and I'm thankful to him for everything because that's how in control he is in my life. So I thank him for everything, whether it's small, big. So if we can just come with thankful hearts and let's pray over our tithes and our offerings. Heavenly Father, we just take this time to really say thank you. Thank you for our big victories, our small victories because you're behind it all. So we want to give thanks to you. Thank you for, for the breath of life this morning. Thank you that we woke up this morning. It's so precious, and we take these things for granted, Lord. And sometimes we take you for granted, so we just want to take this time to say thank you, Lord, for your love, your compassion for us, your grace, your mercy. Thank you for your provisions, Lord. So as we give to you out of our tithes and our offerings, Lord, it's just a fraction of what we, of what you've given, but we give it with willing hearts and happy hearts, Lord. It all belongs to you anyway, so thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all say amen. Thank you, Lord. On the screen, you'll see the four ways to give, uh, whether it's mailing or texting, using our social media, or, or um, if you're here in person, there's black boxes in the back. You can put your tithes and your offerings in there. We don't pass out buckets anymore ever since COVID and all that. Um, if this is your first time here, however, don't feel obligated to give. 
Okay, we, this is something that we do. We call this place our home church, and this is what we do to partner with the Lord. Okay, so that's what we just want you to be able to receive this service as a gift to you. But we just are so happy that you're here. All right, today Pastor Jonathan is going to be speaking the word to us. But first, we're going to hear from our senior pastor, Sheldon Luxina. Well, thank you, Pastor Kat, and thank you as a church for your love for God and for people as we partner together with him in reaching people who are far from him. And we always do it one relationship at a time. By the way, good morning, everybody. Sheldon Loxina here, and I am currently on a mini vacation with Heidi, and I love running at Ala Moana Park either during sunrise or sunset. So the sun is setting right now, and Heidi and I are spending time together, a couple days together, before we start our Foursquare Leadership Conference tomorrow here on Oahu. So you might hear some waves behind me. Uh, hopefully you can catch this. But there are six district supervisors across the U.S. overseeing over 1,300 Foursquare churches. Now Foursquare is our denomination and I get to be one of the supervisors. So I have the wonderful privilege and honor of serving dual roles the Pacific District Supervisor, as well as lead pastor of this church, New Hope Church here in Hilo, Hawaii. And what makes it possible for me to serve in this dual role are the amazing volunteers and staff here at New Hope Church. So can we thank all of our volunteers and our staff? Yeah, we thank you. We also want to recognize all of our pastors. In fact, October is Pastors Appreciation Month, and I want to especially thank our pastors for taking good care of people that God has put in our care. So we love you and appreciate every single one of our pastors, your spouses, your families. In fact, we get to honor and pray over our pastors next week for our Aloha Sunday. Today, we get to receive communion later on in the service, and Pastor Jonathan, will be bringing us the word and he's going to be speaking how how powerful or yeah the power of three which has some great benefits so would you welcome with me pastor jonathan miyasato as he brings the word hey good morning everybody i saw pastor sheldon on the ocean i got inspired so right after service straight down the beach holo holo <laughs> All right, this morning, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this morning, the message is entitled, The Power of Three for the Restoration in Thee. Now, three is a very significant number all throughout the Bible. In Ecclesiastes chapter four, it says that two is better than one, but three is the best because a three-stranded cord is not easily broken. You know, um, there's this guy who was driving his pickup truck down a Kentucky road, and he was cruising at about like 45, 50 miles an hour. All of a sudden, he sees, he sees this chicken just overtake him and cut to the left down on private road. And he's like, wow, this is amazing. I've never seen a chicken this fast. So he went over to the barn, and outside the barn was this old chicken farmer chicken farmer and um, you know he told the guy you know this chicken especially bred it's a three-legged chicken so the guy asked well, why did you breed a three-legged chicken the, the farmer said well there's my wife and my son 
and me, and we always fighting over the drumstick. So, so the, the driver asked the farmer, well, how does that chicken taste? The guy says, don't know, I haven't caught the bugger yet. <laughs> do, you, do you guys hear the one about the three-legged female horse? No, her name was Eileen. Eileen? <laughs> Oh yeah, I promise, I will not tell another joke for the next 15 minutes. <laughs> but the number three is significant, isn't it? Because the number three is the Godhead, the Father God, Jesus Christ, the Son, and the person of the Holy Spirit. They are responsible of creating everything and sustaining all things. Um, it was three days in the belly of the great fish that that Jonah stayed in that stomach in the bile, and on the third day, uh, he was spit up on the beach in Nineveh. Okay? It was on the third day that Jesus Christ rose from the grave. Number three is very important, and you guys are here during the third service. <laughs> no, tell, no tell first and second service, but you guys are my favorite, okay? You guys are my favorite. <laughs> But we're going to look at uh, a couple of portions of Scripture, mainly dealing with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, that one evening where he prayed to God. He said, not my will, but thy will be done. He prayed it three times. Then we're going to look at Peter and how he denied Jesus on that night three times, but later was restored as Jesus asked him the question, do you love me three times? There is power in three for the restoration in thee. Let us pray. Father God, in Jesus' name, we just thank you and we invite you here, Holy Spirit. May your spirit move through these aisles to each and every person, every soul that is online. We pray, Lord, that you would open up our ears to hear and open up our hearts to receive. In the matchless name of Jesus Christ, amen. Okay, so the Garden of Gethsemane, let me give you some biblical context. That night that Jesus went to the garden was the same night that he had the Last Supper where he gave incredible teachings and he, he washed the disciples' feet. That was the same night. So after dinner, Jesus knew what, he, what lay before him. He knew what was going to happen on the cross and every, every step that he took to, towards the cross. And he wanted to pray. He took Peter, John, and James, three of his closest friends. Because even Jesus, who is Almighty God, part of the Trinity, who created everything, even Jesus needed the support of his three friends. So he brought them. So he went to the garden and, and he prayed. And uh, we're, we'll be looking in Matthew 26, 39. He went, a, he, he went on a little further and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, My Father... If it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done and not mine. Jesus then stood up. He went back to his friends and they were fast asleep. Okay? They were busy all day preparing for the Passover meal. They were exhausted. 
the time that Jesus needed his friends most, they couldn't be there. They were asleep. Okay? Uh, Matthew 26, 42. Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, My father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. See what Jesus was doing. And most of us, sometimes even I forget that I know Jesus is God. I know he's 100% deity and all-powerful, but sometimes I forget that he was a man, flesh and blood, like you and I. Every emotion and fear and pain and doubt, everything like that, he experienced, and I forget that sometimes, but I'm reminded in these scriptures that he went down on his, on his face and asked God, you know, if, if, if there's any way other than me going to the cross, please do it. Because Jesus did not want to die. He didn't. He was afraid. And I tell you why he was afraid. It wasn't just the fact that his friends would abandon him. It wasn't for the fact that he was going to endure, um, you know, flogging and ridicule. It wasn't even the physical, the horrific physical pain of a Roman crucifixion. It wasn't even that. What Jesus was afraid of most was the time when he was hanging on the cross, shedding his blood, having my sin and your sin upon his body, okay, and the Father, for the first time in the Son's entire life, had to look away. He could not look at Jesus because he had our sin on him. The hardest part for Jesus was knowing that he would be, for the first time, disconnected in his relationship with his Father. And that's, that's heavy. That is heavy. And, and I get this from these scriptures that he just come alive. Jesus was a man. He was afraid. He, he, he needed to pray three times. On the third time, in Luke 22, 42 through 44, it says this. Jesus is praying again. Father, if you are willing... Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done and not mine. Then the angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. On the third time, the Son of God and the Son of Man prayed. After the third time, the angel came down and gave him strength to do what he knew he had to do. Now, what Jesus was doing, you ask, well, why three times? Why did Jesus have to pray three times? I tell you why. Because he was a man, 100% man. He was bending his will toward the will of his Father. He was bending his will one time was not enough. And if, you, if we were to look in the spiritual sense of Jesus' heart right then, this is what we would see. Jesus would be the first time, Lord, if this cup can be passed, you know, but nevertheless, your will and not mine. He would be like this. By the second time, he'd be a little lower. Lord, Lord if there's any way this cup can pass from me, uh, 
but nevertheless, your will, not mine. And finally, on the third one, completely down, completely open and vulnerable, crying out, Lord, your will be done, not mine. And this is what Jesus did. And you know, why, why shouldn't we do the same thing? We have a problem, we cry out to God once, and we think, ah, he never answered. Must be not real. We come to church once or twice, and it's like, ah, my life never changed. I don't like go back. Jesus Christ, God, prayed three times. Why? Because he was bending his will to the Father. He was bending his will. You know, when I was a, uh, when I was a kid, um, uh, some very traumatic things occurred in my life. Very traumatic. And throughout my teenage years and my early adulthood, I didn't know what was going on, but around age 25, like that, I began to realize that there was, there was just terrible things that happened to me, and nobody knew about it. Nobody knew. But as I was coming back to church and, and reading the word and listening to the pastors speak and, and praying and the Holy Spirit prompting me, there was this loud, boisterous thing in my heart saying, you know, you gotta forgive. You gotta forgive. For unforgiveness is a sin. You must forgive. I forgave you, therefore you must forgive, John. It's over and over. And I was coming to church and, and I, didn't, I didn't realize how difficult it was for me to forgive this one individual. But I knew that the word was telling me I have to forgive or else and this is what he told me you'll be carrying a burden you'll be carrying a weight that you are not meant to carry and you'll carry it on as long as you live unless you unburden yourself and forgive this individual so what I did was I remember where the house was and I, I, I parked across the street just far enough so I could see the house where terrible things occurred in my life as a, as a kid. And I followed this template of scripture that we just went over. And I said, even though you don't deserve this, I prayed, I choose to bend my will to my father's will. And his will is that I forgive you. I said it the first time. I'll be honest, nothing changed. I was still really upset and I was like, why am I doing this, you know? Why am I doing this? I'm wasting my time. But then I, I remembered, okay, let's do it a second time. So second time, I went a little lower. My heart was a little deeper and I did say, even though you do not deserve my forgiveness, I bend my will to my Father's will, and His will is that I forgive you. And you know what was happening? It was like the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. This sword started to kind of like chip away at the calcified hardness of my heart. I, I began to feel just these, these, I mean, deep, deep, emotions and healing and I was by the second time I was crying then I said okay I'm just going to follow through and I'm going to do the third time and the third time I, I said the same thing 
I forgive you. You don't deserve this, but I forgive you. I bend my will towards my Father's will because his will is that I should forgive you. And at that moment, I was fully restored. And to this day, I, I, I have released that. I no longer carry, and that's why I'm wearing this thing, is because I was carrying around this burden for so many years. It was weighing me down. And on the third time, I was unburdened. I was light. I was free. And, and, and that's what happened. The power of three in the restoration of me. It was uh, kind of heavy, so we're going to take a joke break, yeah? So, you get three guys in a single-engine Cessna plane flying at 5,000 feet. And... Uh, there's a pilot. Problem is, there is only three parachutes in the plane. So the pilot's flying, the engine seizes up, seizes up. The pilot tries to restart the engine, nothing happens. Pilot knows there's only three parachutes left. He gets out of the cockpit, goes in the cabin, grabs the parachute, jumps out of the plane. <clears throat> so there's only three people left. Of those three people, there was a Boy Scout, a computer genius and an old pastor. Yeah, I think the old pastor's name was either Pastor Sheldon, Laxina, or Pastor Tom Krieger, but wasn't Pastor Jonathan, that's for sure. <clears throat> so anyway, those three guys had a problem. So the first guy to talk was the computer genius. He said, you know guys, I have like, I have thoughts and ideas that will revolutionize the world and then the world needs me. So he, he grabs it, he puts it on, he jumps out of the plane. Pastor and the Boy Scouts left. Pastor looks at the Boy Scout and says, you know, I have lived a long and blessed life. Son, you take the parachute, the last parachute. Boy Scout turns to the old pastor and says, don't worry, pastor, we have two parachutes. That computer genius just grabbed my backpack and jumped out of the plane. <laughs> Flat. <laughs> um, so, let's take a look at Peter and Jesus. Like I said earlier, Peter denied Christ three times. And this all happened on the same night, you know. This all happened on the same night. The night of the Passover meal, the Last Supper, Garden of Gethsemane. It all happened on the same night. Um, in Luke 22, 33 through 34, it says this, Peter, Peter said, Lord, I am ready to go to prison with you and even die with you. But Jesus said, Peter, let me tell you something. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times that you even knew me, know me, okay? So Jesus calls it like it is. He knows everything. He knows the future. He told Peter, you know, I know you're confident in yourself, but this is what's going to happen, okay? So we look at Luke chapter 22, 56, 57 now. And it says, a servant girl noticed him in the firelight. This is Peter. Okay, okay. after the Garden of Gethsemane, um, you know, they were praying. Um, what's his name? Judas came, betrayed him, 
He got taken away. So Peter probably followed them and observed from a distance the events of that evening. And on that, and at, at that time, uh, a servant girl noticed him in the firelight and began staring at him. Finally, she said, this man was one of Jesus' followers. But Peter denied it. Woman, he said, I don't even know him. That was the first denial of Peter. Just like nothing, happenstance, he just reacted. No, I don't know the guy. You know, there was no realization that he had denied Jesus. It was all self-preservation at that point. Okay? Look at verse 58. After a while, someone else looked at him and said, you must be one of them. No, man, I'm not, Peter retorted. Again, no conviction. Sometimes we, we sin and we sin and it's like, oh, I don't have any conviction. I, didn't, I don't even realize it was a sin. But, but check out what happens in Luke 22, 59 through 62. About an hour later, someone else insisted. This must be one of them because he is Galilean too. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you are talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. At that moment, the Lord turned to Peter and looked at Peter. Suddenly, the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times that you even know me. And Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. Oh, man, can you guys feel what Peter must have felt like? Because you know what? When we choose to willingly sin, and sin is anything that is against God's law, God's word, God's purpose. Anything else is sin. You know what we are doing? You know what I am doing? I'm doing this. I deny you, Jesus. I don't even know you right now because I'd rather revel and delight in this one thing that I know you told me not to do, you know? Or, you know, I come to church and I read the Bible and listen to Caleb, but then right now, I don't know you, Jesus, because I got to hold on to this guilt and the shame that I've been carrying around for 10, 20 years, okay? I come to church and, you know, I... I talk to people, I talk to pastors, talk to brothers and sisters, but uh, right now, I think I don't know you, Jesus, because, you know, I want to continue to engage in this relationship that you did not want me to be in. You see, when we deny Jesus, we're doing exactly, exactly and precisely what Peter did. But the moment... That Peter heard the chicken crow, the three-legged chicken crow. The moment he heard that, the moment he heard that, Jesus locked gaze with Peter, and the conviction, and the guilt, and just the pain. I denied my Savior, my best friend, Yeshua. Must I denied him? He was wrecked. He left there wrecked. And we know this because Peter is not mentioned for the rest of the night the rest of the weekend until Resurrection Sunday. No mention of Peter. Peter was wrecked. Now, Peter 
had his relationship with Jesus. Three and a half years, he walked, he slept, he ate, he followed Jesus, he witnessed the greatest miracles ever, but yet that relationship that Peter had with Jesus was broken when he denied him, and that is the same with all of us. We are broken people. We carry burdens that we are not meant to carry, and Jesus paid the price to release us of these burdens. So, Peter was, he was trashed, he was wrecked, he was bust up. He needed restoration. So let's see what happens. The next, the next part of scripture is after the resurrection. After resurrection Sunday, after he, Christ appeared to the two on the road to Emmaus, after the room where uh, he met with the disciples and showed the wounds in his hands and his side, and Jesus, you know, he had, he wanted to meet with Peter. So in John 21, 15, it says, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. This is the first time Jesus asked this question to Peter. And maybe this is the first time you are hearing it. Jonathan, do you love me? You, he's asking you, do you love me? That was the first time. He didn't, he didn't pull, out, pull, pull John or James. He, he talked to Peter. He talked to Peter because Peter was wrecked. Jesus Christ knew that Peter's relationship with him had to be restored. It needed to be restored. So the second time happens in John 21, 16. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Now the first time Jesus asked that question, he probably responded how like you and I would, very flippantly. Oh, I, do you love me? Yeah, yeah, I, I love you, I love you, I love you. But I'm on the way out to work. Yeah, yeah, I love you, I love you, I love you, but, you know, I'm watching um, Stranger Things on Netflix for the next 25 hours. You know, it, it, it's like so flippant the first time, but the second time, the second time Jesus asked this question, I think there was something of a bending of, I think it was just like how I experienced the word of God cutting and chipping away on the calcified hardness of Peter's heart and he began to feel kind of vulnerable. The second question that Jesus posed was really, really getting to the nitty gritty of, of the cause of, of Peter's pain that he denied Jesus, okay? John 21, 16. Uh, Jesus, wait, wait, this is a, excuse me, sorry. Get, I read the second time. This is the third time Jesus asked this question, and that's in verse 17 of John 21. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked that question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you, Jesus said then feed my sheep. The third time Peter posed this question to Peter. Jesus posed this question to Peter. His heart was just malleable. It was open. It was vulnerable. 
Peter's will was bent toward the Father's will. And he was restored. And that burden that, that Peter carried was lifted and was dropped on the ground and never heard from again. Because, you see, what God did through Peter was, and the disciples was spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. Now, if you were in Israel, in Jerusalem, and if you poked a line and a, and a, you know, whatever, down, straight down, through the earth, past the core, and up on the other side, you know where it would land? It would land right here at 840 Kubalao Street, Hilo, Hawaii, 96720. We are the ends of the earth. And Jesus needed to restore Peter's relationship with him, unburdened, so that he could preach the gospel and reach people from every nation and every tribe. Today we're going to take communion. And communion is simply doing something to remember what Jesus Christ has done. It's to remember the cross. It's to remember uh, the sacrifice, the propitiation, uh, the debt that he paid that you and I could never pay. It's to remember that. You know, when I, uh, when I travel and I fly in, on planes, uh, uh, you know, no more internet. So what I do is I look at my phone and I scroll through thousands of pictures that I have of my kids growing up, you know, just memories. See, it's those memories that are important. And communion is a holy, holy time in which we get to remember Christ. But with communion, the Bible does give us some instruction and kind of a warning. Okay? It says in chapter, uh, verse 27 of 1 Corinthians 11, So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. What it says here is we must all do a heart check before we take communion. We gotta do it. We gotta go to the spiritual cardiologist and do an exhaustive diagnostic of our heart's condition. And this message, albeit kind of heavy, um, it is to prepare us for communion. So in a moment, I'm going to ask you guys to close your eyes, and I'm going to pose the question Jesus posed Peter three times. Do you love me? I will pause, and between you and the Lord, whatever it may be that might be burdening you down and weighing you down, whether it be for a day, a week, 10, 20 years, whatever that may be, I'm going to pause and you respond in, in kind. I bend my will towards you. I will not blank. I will stop blank. I will not worry about my health or the health of my family. I will trust in you. I will not worry about my finances, but I will trust in you. I will forgive the unforgivable thing that that person did to me. This is what I'm going to do. So I'm going to ask the question three times. Then we're going to take the bread 
uh, first and the wine second. Now, when you take the bread, make sure you open, open the bread first. Put them in your hand. Because first service, I opened, the, <laughs> I opened the juice part first and I dropped the bread on the ground. So, yeah, just op- open the bread first, yeah. Open the bread first. But let's, let's close our eyes, bow our heads. And... Jesus asked Peter, and he's asking you right now, do you love me? Jesus asked Peter a second time, do you love me? Then Jesus asked Peter the third time, do you love me? Now, if you bent your will to the Father just now three times, Spiritually, this is what happened. You were unburdened. Okay, you are light now. You weigh less. You lost weight at church because you are now not carrying that terrible weight that you've been carrying all these years. So what you need to do now is by faith and by trust in God, walk out of these doors knowing that you have been set free, that you are no longer chained or tethered to the thing that has been holding you down all these years. You must do that because you are set free once again indeed. Um, For I pass on to you what is received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper saying this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. Let's take the cup. Father God, we remember you. We remember what you have done on the cross. And by faith through grace, we trust in you with every fiber of our being. We leave these doors set free. And for those of you who are here or online with every head bowed and eyes closed, if you have been just wrecked by this word, the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's meant to wreck you. It's meant to bring out stuff that is difficult for us to deal with. It's meant to do that. That's why he died. That's the gospel. And if that is you and you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, with every head bowed and eyes closed, raise your hand up high so I can see you. I'll acknowledge you. If you are online, sister, God sees you. Sister, God sees you. Brother, God sees you. Sister, God sees you. Okay? If anybody else wants to raise their hand, do so. 
If you're online, do the same thing. Raise your hand up high and pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I admit I am a sinner and I need a savior. I believe that you died on the cross, paid for my sins, and on the third day, you rose from the grave. Lord, I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior from this day forth for the rest of my life. And it's going to be hard, but Lord, you are now with me. You have the Holy Spirit to comfort and to help me through this walk. We thank you, Lord Jesus. So we pray, Lord, also that those of us who have unburdened ourselves by the power of three questions Jesus posed to us this morning, that we leave here with the faith and the knowledge that we are truly set free indeed. So we thank you, we praise you, we give you all the glory, honor, and praise in the matchless, mighty, and resurrected name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. If you are here and you, you did raise your hand, um, please make your way to the yes table. One of the pastors, one of the staff leaders, they want to give you a Bible and just, just meet you. If those of you online did that, just uh, hit that uh, whatever button that says I accepted Jesus and read John. Read the book of John, the gospel of John. You know, it's just... The whole book of John is just getting to know Jesus Christ. God bless you. We love you. Aloha. Hope to see you guys Wednesday.